Welcome, and thank you for accepting this invitation for our Bible study and reflection for Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most merciful God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the teachers of your word and the discerning interpreters of your word. We ask that you would open our hearts to your Holy Spirit and to your Son, Jesus Christ, to allow them to do mighty works in us that allow us to glorify you through small but distinctively Christian deeds that we do for others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In our readings today, we're going to hear about a mustard seed and two different effects from yeast. I remember when I was a kid watching my grandmother bake, and in the preparation process, she added something that came in a small yellow package with red writing on it. When I asked her what the stuff in the little package did, she told me it was called yeast, and it caused baked goods, such as bread, to rise or increase in volume. Yeast is the driving force behind fermentation, the magical process that allows a dense mass of dough to become a well-risen loaf of bread. As I'm sure you know, a mustard seed is very small but grows into a very large plant. Also, the amount of yeast needed to mix with a large volume of flour is also very small. A little bit of yeast goes a long way. Another observation worth noting is when you mix the yeast in with the flour, you cannot distinguish one from the other, but the difference it makes in the end product is something you certainly can distinguish. The effect Jesus has on us truly impacts the way we learn, love, and ultimately live God's Word. In the verses I'm going to read, Jesus is speaking to a crowd of followers as well as his disciples. The first reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. Here is that reading. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Here's what one commentator had to say about the mustard seed and the yeast. The kingdom is like a mustard kernel because, like it, the rule of Christ's grace among men has a phenomenal growth from the tiniest beginning. We see that this mustard kernel is Christ himself for the entire kingdom grows from him as the king. Leaven, or yeast, meaning to ferment, is used extensively as an evil sense 
to portray something that corrupts. Jesus uses it this way in Luke 12, verse 1, and St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, verses 7 and 8, as well as Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. It is impossible to use leaven in this sense when picturing the kingdom. This time, leaven pictures the good power of Christ's rule of grace, which secretly yet effectively produces its beneficent results. In the following reading from Matthew, Jesus warns his group of followers and his disciples to guard against the false, false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He compares these false teachings to yeast as it spreads through the groups of people and communities. And here's a reading from Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 through 12. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now in the past, you may remember one Bible study and reflection I did where I talked about answering the door when Jesus knocks. In retrospect, I believe that I always had the door open for Jesus, but sometimes it was just a crack instead of wide open. At times I struggle with whether or not to tell personal stories at the risk of sounding as if I am bragging. Well, with that said, I want to share with you a personal story that happened last weekend that probably would not have happened in the same manner 10 or 15 years ago. By opening the door wide, I have invited the good power of Christ leaven to secretly yet effectively produce its beneficent results in me. This past weekend, our immediate family spent a long weekend in the North Carolina mountains near Lake Toxaway. One of my goals of recent is to walk a certain number of steps every day. On Friday, I walked the very hilly roads around the house we were renting. While I achieved my step goal that day, it was a lot more difficult than walking in my neighborhood here in Columbia, which is relatively flat. On Saturday, I had some grocery shopping to do, so I decided to drive into Brevard, which is about 20 minutes from the house where we were staying. I remembered the shopping center where the Ingalls grocery store was and thought it would be a great place to walk because it was relatively flat. I parked my car at the front of the parking lot near the main highway and began walking through the parking lot around the perimeter toward the rear of the shopping center. I thought to myself as I neared the rear of the center on the service road, 
is this really a safe place to walk because it's pretty desolate back here? Well, I decided to continue on. And it goes about three quarters of the way along the service road behind the center. I noticed a, a blue book lying on the pavement. I went over to see what it was and discovered it was a paperback Bible. I picked it up and looked inside the front cover to see if someone's name was there. There was no name, but it looked like it was in good shape and had not been through any inclement weather. I picked it up off the ground and set it on top of a utility pedestal. My original thought was to take the Bible because I certainly did not want to leave it out in the elements. Well, I continued my walk and looped back around the building several times. I saw one couple and one individual on a bicycle behind the building, so I felt more comfortable and at ease back there. As I was making my third lap behind the building, I noticed a man in the distance that almost looked like he appeared out of nowhere. As I was approaching him, he sat down on the grass, crossed his legs, and hung his head. When I passed by him, I said, good morning, and there was no response. So I figured maybe I should speak a little louder. And the second time I said, good morning, he raised his head and looked at me and just kind of grunted, and then lowered his head again. As I continued walking, I thought to myself, you know, this guy appears to be homeless, and maybe he would enjoy a little conversation this morning. On the way back by, I told him I had found a Bible on the pavement and put it up on top of the pedestal. He said it was his. I mentioned that I thought it was probably the most important book that I've ever read and that has ever been written. He said he agreed and told me he had read it through all the way through twice. I asked him if I could sit down and chat with him, and he said sure. So I did, and I introduced myself and he told me his name was Joe. I asked him if he would tell me a little about himself. After we chatted for a while, I asked him also if he had a place to stay with a roof over his head. He pointed to a large piece of mechanical equipment behind the Ingalls grocery store and said that was where he had been sleeping. I felt compelled to ask him if he had any specific prayer request. His answer was not one I expected. He said he wanted me to pray that he would die. It took me just a minute to gather my thoughts after that request, but I told him that I could not in good conscience pray that request, but I did ask him if I could pray for him, and he said yes. After we bowed our heads and prayed, he let me know that his cell phone battery was depleted, and he really needed to get in touch with his sister who lived in Virginia to let her know he was okay. I sent a text to his sister on my phone and let her know I was with her brother and we were going to call so she would know who was calling. When we called, she didn't answer the phone, but he left her a voicemail. She did text back later that afternoon and let me know that she had been at work and that's why she did not answer the phone. At no time did Joe ask for a handout, but I did give him some money, which he reluctantly accepted. He said thanks and let me know that he could afford something to eat now. We parted ways, and I figured I would never see him again. As I was finishing my walk, I did see him again, as I was returning to my car on the far side of the shopping center. 
he was coming back from having bought some lunch. I remembered I had some Walmart gift cards, so I drove back around to the back side of the building. I saw him, gave him two of the gift cards, and then drove off. I exchanged a few texts with his sister that afternoon, and she let me know that she prayed for him every day and was going to pick him up and bring him to Virginia, but he had a couple of upcoming court dates that he needed to take care of first. Joe's sister sent me a text yesterday afternoon to let me know that Sunday he went to buy a charger for his phone at Walmart. He was outside Walmart charging his phone when the police showed up and questioned what he was doing. They ended up taking him to the Henderson County Jail for missing a court date. She said she had talked to Joe, and even though he was in jail, he was safe. I share this story with you not to pat myself on the back, but to let you know that because I opened the door wide and allowed Jesus into my life, he equipped me in a distinctively Christian way for situations such as this. The leavening effect that Jesus has on us is truly a miracle. Thanks be to God for the power of the gospel that can never be stopped. I don't know Joe's last name, but if you are so inclined, I would ask that you keep him in your prayers. I'll update you if I hear from him or his sister in the future. In closing, I want to share with you one more thing I told Joe. I let him know that Jesus never abandons us and had not abandoned him. It is my prayer that the seeds of hope I planted in Joe are given growth by our loving God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and Almighty God, thank you for equipping us for your humble service. We lift up this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.